There's no time to say goodbye. What about, I'm sorry? For what? I treated you like a girl when I should have treated you like a warrior. I am a warrior. But I'm a girl, too. Now get out of here. We'll hold them off. Welcome once again to the Bitter Jurors podcast, a queer super <laughs> podcast. Uh, I am Derek Reining, your host as always, and I am joined by my elephant koi writing co-host, Sam Sanish. I'm here. I'm ready to talk all things Avatar Kiyoshi. Uh, she's a legend. Uh, we stand. We support. Uh, we agree with her message and she says <laughs> all cops are bastards except for her warriors yeah we yeah not to get spoilery instantly but <laughs> yeah um from what we have seen of kyoshi so far it's hard not to stand you know she's got some iconic looks some and yeah iconic they, what what would you refer acolytes i guess you could call her i mean warriors? they're dedicated because they i mean kyoshi was alive like 200 war 200 years ago so like uh they they hold her message strongly because they probably were set up during her life at some point um and so i'm excited to but i'm excited to learn more about them as the series goes on and also i ordered the paperback copy of the first kiyoshi book when it comes out next month so i'm going to read that when it's out. Nice. Yeah, I have, I think, the first book of that uh, Kiyoshi prequel young adult novel series, in case people aren't familiar. Uh, but I have not read it yet. Maybe that's what I'll do next, since I've been revisiting all things Avatar recently. Yeah, I think the second one comes out this month, and then I think the first one has been out for a year, and then the paperback will come out soon. Nice. Love that. Love a paperback. Um... Yeah, it's that's pretty great if you like have such an iconic look that you're literally inspiring like generations to just exactly copy your outfit. Yeah, when we were <laughs> watching it, we couldn't decide if the, the if the warriors were wearing wigs or if they all just had the exact same hair because Suki's hair was different, but everyone else had the exact same hair. Yeah, Suki is rocking this like bob. Um, and then there's some, like, other lengths going on. They all do have this sort of, like, auburn to it. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Before uh, we get too into <laughs> the Avatar, the last airbender of it all, uh, obviously we want to stop down and talk more about ongoing protests in Black Lives Matter. And um, since, I mean, we released our first episode of Pride Month last week, and I didn't realize when we were recording it on Sunday, May 3rd, 30, 30, 31st, yeah. uh, uh, that it would come out the next day on June 1st. So, like, happy Pride Month. Uh, obviously, we have not changed our message from last week. Uh, still very much in support of all protesting and wanted to say that uh, even though the it, the initial catalyst of the protest was in, about charging the cops who murdered or uh, aided the murder of George Floyd, that does not mean that the fight has ended and that anything has been resolved. So uh, we just wanted to say that people should continue educating themselves and continue donating if they can and continuing to so support protesting in your area and nationwide. Yes, absolutely. 100% agreed. Um, and obviously, since it is Pride Month, we also, I guess, want to uh, specifically highlight um, like black trans women, uh, like funds that you can donate. I know there's a homelessness, uh, like a black trans women homelessness GoFundMe that's been going around. Um, we can post that uh, under the episode tweet this week, just so you have that resource at hand. And uh, I'm sure both of us will look into more uh, like resources in terms of that, especially given uh, certain public figures uh, deciding to continue to say horrible things about trans people recently. Um, yeah, I think it's just important to keep in mind that black trans lives matter as well. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll link to 
different funds and different resources in the show notes and on Twitter. And we'll keep supporting and uh, what's the word? Signal boosting to go back to our Tumblr days. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, look um, out for our uh, Dangan Rompa character uh, <laughs> call out posts <laughs> coming soon. One more wildfire for the people in the back, uh, and, <laughs> you know. Etc. Wow. Okay. Um, that was quite a, quite a note to end that on. But, uh, yeah, uh, speaking of uh, ye olden internet times, let's continue to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. Definitely. Um, I thought, I mean, uh, there's no, I'm never going to come on here and say that I didn't like an episode. Uh, so, <laughs> I, so I guess I'm not really breaking ground by saying that I liked this one. Um, yeah. I had fun. Um, obviously love to watch misogynist Sokka get beaten down and learn a lesson throughout. That was great. Yeah, very good. And yeah, we are, of course, talking about uh, book one, chapter four, The Warriors of Kiyoshi. Um and I've, our first scene is actually of uh, Zuko and Iroh, and it's a funny little scene. And I never really thought about this episode as, like, a comedy episode uh, whenever, like, I think back on the series. But this is a very, I feel like there's just, like, a joke every, like, five seconds in this episode, which is fun. Um, but, yeah, there's a great little moment of Zuko claiming he can be calm and then, like, making candles burst even further into flame than they already are. Um, so yeah. And then we get elephant koi, or koi writing, which is yeah. also great. I always love a good um, like introduction to a creature on the show. And they, I mean, every time they introduce something new, it's like a huge, like it's either a huge thing or there's some weird aspect to it. I mm-hmm. love the animals on the show. It is weird that they're like, they do just do like a hybrid for most things. And then, so every once in a while you'll see something and you're like what is that thing supposed to be it's like just a, <laughs> it's just a cat why is it just a cat right uh, there's um, no real explanation for it i guess other than that it's like a different world exactly yeah it's not real sam these this wasn't films <laughs> it's not a documentary um they have some artistic license uh yeah and we also get to see the unagi um not to, I guess, bring up Friends, uh, but yeah, I think most people are familiar with Unagi from Friends as well. Um, this is the first introduction of the Ang Speedo. Yes, that too. There's a great little like animation moment of him like taking off his like pants and his like rest of his outfit at the same time. It's nice and fluid. There's some very goofy, fun uh, like animation moments in this episode. I think that uh, I mean it. I I'm gonna be honest, just right up at the top. Uh, I think that this is probably my least favorite episode of the show so far. Uh, I guess it's not really like there's only four of them, so one of them has to be at the bottom. But uh, to expose my rankings before we normally, I mean before we started doing them in the last episode, right at the end, like this one. Um, there's I think there's a lot that. I mean, we talked about filler in the last episode, and it really, <laughs> nothing really happens. A lot of it seemed very convenient, and they really focused on a lot of stuff I don't care for. The Zuko stuff was, like, very two-dimensional. Yeah. And I I mean, I love the Sokka uh, plotline in this episode, but I really don't care about almost anything else that happened. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm about to do something that the listening audience won't appreciate, but I'm showing Sam my episode rankings on my notes app, and I also have this episode uh, fourth out of four, um, which is, as we said, not to say this is a bad episode, but um, yeah, I agree. It's a very, um, this is a formula establishing episode, I guess I would say, since we haven't really gotten a formula yet, but yeah, this very much uh sets a precedent for a lot of book one at least where the gang with two a's uh visits a village there's some quirky aspect to the village um maybe zuko or some other villain shows up at the end and there's a big fight and a lesson is learned um yeah yeah especially the zuko stuff was all just very convenient and like sort of hand wavy about like someone told someone 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 and it's just like i there was there was no there was no internalization of 
the of the villain in this episode like everyone they were just like they showed up and they had giant rhinos and they like destroyed a town and then there was yeah. no like there was no like thinking going on on their end yeah i think uh yeah this is definitely zuko at his most like generic um like bad guy um and but he does like have a little weird moment where he's like I guess supposed to be a contrast to where Sokka is at this point in the episode where he's like, "Your this bunch of little girls isn't going to beat me, Aang. And I think we're supposed to see that as Sokka being more mature than him at this point or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And but, I mean, I, I like that it's, um it's very, it's a different version. Cause we've had Sokka be like a misogynistic dick before. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a much clearer cut version of that because it, i mean so katara calls him a misogynist in the first episode but like it's not really focused on and then in this episode i like that they show him growing as a person and not just maintaining bad beliefs and not just being a comedic relief character which to this point he pretty much has been yeah he um this is a very like long sustained uh, misogynist moment from Sokka. Like, I feel like there's a lot of moments in this episode where I'm like, okay, surely if, like, Sokka would, like, take a second here to reflect, and then he'll just outright say, girls, girls can't beat me. Like, he really digs his heels in for quite, like, a majority of the episode before um, he finally concedes to Suki that maybe women are people, too. <laughs> yeah, like, when they take the, right at the beginning, when they take the blindfolds off, <laughs> Sokka pointedly says, where where are the men who ambush? Us? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, um, Sokka not one for social graces, as you can see. But yeah, he seems to have learned a lesson, or at least um, found a woman to kiss. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like the same uh, hand wavy was a good word to use. Like uh, Katara and Aang's sort of journey in this episode is not. Uh, particularly uh interesting or like it ends very abruptly like there's just a scene where suddenly the like fangirls get tired of ang and ang gets sad but then katara's there and they're both just like sorry i guess we are on the same page now <laughs> yeah and, and i mean like it's just i don't i i like the aspects where we're learning about the town but that happens so that was very we learned like the one thing about them and i love that they cleaned up the kyoshi statue because ang was there and that was all very nice um and then it, i really i like i just like what like is jealous and ang is like that what like why why won't they just leave the city and then I don't know. It was all, it was all, this episode, I, I, I watched, um, this episode and then the next two at a movie night all together. Uh, and so I, and while I, while I enjoyed this one, I was happy that I was not the only one that I had to watch. <laughs> right. Um, I feel that, uh, yeah, it does feel, this is like one of those times where it's very apparent that these are children characters. Like, of course, Aang wants to stay because he likes, uh, getting positive attention for being the avatar for once and Katara even like points that out she's like she says something along the lines of well I'm glad that you are um like happy about being the avatar right now or something like that which that's a nice little like continuation of this like little arc that they set up in the beginning episodes um but yeah it's just a small moment and it really just serves to like play into this rift between them in this episode um we still have not talked about the most important character introduced in this episode, which is the foaming mouth guy. True. Uh, that is, I mean, I feel like there's only one iconic Avatar gift that I can think of, uh, and that is it. The foaming mouth guy? I'm trying to think, oh, wow. Uh, I talked about this on um, the Community uh, Rewatch podcast that we were, we were both on. Um, Advanced about, Community Studies, yes. hosted by Kevin Lanigan. Exactly, yes. Um, and we talked about, like, the gifification and, like, iconic gifts of that show. Um, and, yeah, that, that's a safe one. I feel like you'll see... Um, I guess we don't want to get spoilery. Maybe we'll talk about that later, <laughs> about the most iconic Avatar gifts. But, yeah, so far, this is this is a high-tier one to this Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Uh, to the point, I'm pretty sure he has, like, an Avatar wiki entry as Foamy Mouth Guy. I'm sure. I mean, because does he... he, does he 
does that happen again? I'm not like I he does he does come up again. There is yes, not to get spoilery, but this is not the last we will see of Foamy Mouth Guy. That's right. Secret main villain of the series. (laughs) Yeah. He Aang's been pretending to be the Avatar, but he is the real Avatar. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm sure, uh, yes, we already talked about the Unagi, the Elephant Koi. Um, we also meet Coco, who is certainly a character, I guess. Is that uh, the little girl? She's like the head of this. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I don't know. There's a funny moment this episode where I realized that it's like we have this whole subplot of Sokka like learning that women can be warriors too and then the, the other half of the story is about how this group of little girls are just like mindlessly unified and just being obsessed with a boy <laughs> I think that that makes complete sense though when we were watching it comparisons were drawn to Beetle Beatles mania um and like uh-huh. if well, as I've said before like the avatar is like spiritually confirmed to be the main character of the universe and so like if that guy is showing up it makes a lot of sense that like if you know the avatar is close to your age or just like a little bit older than you it makes sense that you would be so like idolizing of this guy very true yeah very shades of was it long day's night is that the video where they're being chased by girls i think so for those for our younger gen z audience the beatles were the bts of um the 20th century as a one direction stan i can relate <laughs> uh yeah I, I i can't think of a boy band that i currently stan that's on me that's my fault <laughs> it's okay i i should find an update maybe i i did listen to a couple bts albums um a couple oh my ago, god a I, couple albums <laughs> i think so um Goodness. and i I really liked them, but I I would I don't really know anything about them and wouldn't be comfortable calling myself a stan of them, even though I enjoyed the music. My goodness, this is I feel like the first time Sam has ever known more about a musical act than I do because I don't think I've ever listened to a single BTS song. While I may have more experience with their music, <laughs> I don't think that I can claim to know more than you because I don't know anything about them. I just have <laughs> listened to two of their albums one time several months ago, so I don't know if we can really go that far, but that is the truth of it. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, anything else in this episode that really stands out to us? Um I mean, Suki is a great yes. character. I mean, e- even from uh, this episode with her, I'm so glad that she's introduced. Um, I think that it's a wonder. I mean, she's she's great and teaches Sokka an important lesson. And I think that all of their interactions are really well done. Um, and I think that they're. I mean, there's there's kissing in the show that I don't think is always. Uh, justified or like well led up to but i think that this is a good example of a romantic arc even over the course of one episode that like makes complete sense like it it just works yes i agree yeah there is some um interesting not nothing as bad as the end of rogue one levels of why are these two humans locking lips (laughs) this makes no sense but yeah i will agree suki saka is a, a fantastic ship despite my moral objections to heterosexuality (laughs) on i mean i can get behind it on avatar i think that i think most i think a lot of uh there's a lot of good heterosexuality on avatar i mean it's kind of the only sexuality we see for most of the series (laughs) yeah that's fair i i'll save it for the spoiler section yeah (laughs) she was bursting at the seams to start talking yeah we'll save it um uh, let's see, anything else? I think I mentioned before the gang, and I this was a question I wanted to ask you. Um, are you more of a gang with two A's person, or are you more of a Team Avatar person? Or how have you, throughout the years, referred to our uh, main heroes? I mean, I think Team Avatar makes sense... I mean, obviously, there's a Korra Team Avatar too. So, like, there's, like, in, in context, it can make sense to say Team Avatar. But I think that gang is, like... it looks better and it makes you know exactly who you're talking about immediately even though i mean maybe only in writing it really works but like i think that 
I mean, I I like Team Boomerang. <laughs> team Team Boomerang is good too. Um, yeah, I've I think I've always been a gang a gang gal um, mm-hmm. since my uh, youth as a forum participator inner. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's just... a lot of characters in this book that you think, or like they're like, or maybe when I when I was watching it the first time, I was like, oh well, why didn't this teenager join up with them? Like why? Oh I just, yes. I just sort of thought like it would be like a quicker addition or something but then it's like i i just thought because it's like suki and i and i was like she seems great and i know she has a lot of uh duties as a warrior of kiyoshi but it's just in my teen in my child mind i was like okay but like she should should, she's yeah she's yeah Yeah. i agree yeah this will be a running theme like you said throughout this book and i think just throughout the series uh, i think this is just a speaks to the strength of the world building and that like these characters that we meet are just inherently so interesting and they stand out to us um i'm pretty sure every character who gets a name throughout the series and even some who don't um was certainly shipped with every single member of uh the gang or team avatar at some point um yeah i don't want to use the like um bad phrasing or the bad word to describe such ships where it's like two characters who will never like who never interact or it doesn't really make sense that they're together. It's um, uh, I'm going to use crack ship is what it's called. Oh, like, um, I, oh, got it. Okay. I didn't but, know what you were referring to. Oh yeah. But those kind of ships where it's um, like these two characters don't really make sense together or like they never interact. That's going to be a big thing. I think throughout the series or at least it was back in the day i that makes complete sense to me because i could even i mean even as you say that mm, i'm wait, thinking I in my a, mind uh, just like better, about yeah sorry what, there's a better the, phrase i can use it's called rare pair now i think is what oh people yeah say. that's a better word let's yeah that's because it's sort of like i mean i guess that's much more encompassing because it's sort of just any relationship that isn't focused on as much as the other ones right yeah, or like, yeah, just not as popular. Yeah, yeah. rare pair. Because now I'm thinking of a lot of secondary characters who we have not been introduced to yet, who I'm like, well, they've never interacted, but I guess I can I can see that being something someone's thinking about. Oh, yes. You can just see, you can just visualize the person, uh, this young preteen, um, figuring out iMovie and making a shipping video for them set to, let's say, My Chemical Romance. It sounds good to me, because I mean, even with uh, Suki as the example, I guess it's easiest to talk about her, because so I don't have to talk around spoiler or whatever. I don't know, because I, like, I don't know how far to go with uh, spoiler prevention, and I'm just going to do my best and only talk about this episode. Because right. uh, so, like, even with Suki, it's like she has great interactions or at least reasoning behind being shipped with any of the members of uh, Team Avatar. So like... I can, because obviously she kisses Sokka, and it's like she is a an acolyte of uh, Aang's past life, which is an, a very interesting dynamic. And then like, you know, Katara and Suki. There's, I mean, there's more work to be done there, but that's in the fun of it, you know. Right. I mean, they both bond over um, calling Sokka sexist. I mean, that's exactly. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's just like a lot of shipping fodder, which will get this franchise in trouble later on. Um, when it becomes maybe a bit of a too much of a focus, but we'll save that for mm, <laughs> several weeks from now if we ever get to that point. <laughs> several weeks. I, 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 I can I, I complain for a lot of time about shipping. Um, <laughs> I don't think that it really ever gets so all-encompassing that it reduces my enjoyment of the show Uh it's, well, I, I'm gonna say Avatar: The Last Airbender. I yes, really, that, let, let me let me be clear. This is, I'm not talking about uh, the series when I say that. Yes, and I because I've recently I've rewatched Legend of Korra book one through since we started recording these the, these episodes, and uh, that is a whole other beast when it comes to shipping, especially the early parts of that show. But this isn't a podcast about Legend of Korra. We're talking about the Warriors of Kyoshi, and um, I. You know, I don't have a whole lot else to say about this episode. There wasn't a lot really. Um, yeah, there's not a lot there. There. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and a good thought. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Um, yeah, usually, like, traditionally, I would have said this was, like, one of my favorite episodes of book one, but, yeah, I think just watching this episode in comparison to the last three, where I felt like there's just a lot to talk about with those episodes, there's just not a lot to talk about with this episode, which is fine. It's still enjoyable, but it's just uh, not as deep as one yeah. might. I appreciated hearing more about another past life of Aang's. Mm. But even in that, we really didn't find out that much about her. Right, yeah. it's. I agree, yeah. I feel like maybe these like episodes that are maybe weaker in terms of like character stuff, we at least get a lot of world building in these first uh, like few books. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> first few episodes. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, although I do feel like every episode of the show adds to the lore of the world in some way, to me at least, which is why I think filler is a weird or not necessarily accurate word to use for this show. But I understand oh. what people mean when they say filler for this sh- show. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I I love the Kyoshi Warriors, and I mean, I even said that we should call ourselves the Kyoshi Warriors for this run of the podcast instead of Bitter Durs. Uh, <laughs> like, I very much appreciate that we know about them now, like, this episode, and I really like that we saw, like, and uh, this is our first introduction to the Earth Kingdom, uh, which obviously we stand for the Earth Kingdom, um, but it's ultimately, I, and I liked the fight at the end and that, okay. But when they were like, okay, well, we're just going to leave. And then Zuko is also going to leave too. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. This village was just like hiding and aiding the avatar and his companions for like a week. It's like this, it, and they were mid attack and they just stopped and they were going to leave. I guess they had to go follow Aang, but like. Yeah. They're going to be punished severely. And then Aang dives into the water is able to, like, I don't know. It was all, as I said before, all very convenient and uh, not, it was, I mean, look at the kids cartoon. This was not <laughs> one that r- was resolved with perfect, like, it didn't fly through the hoop, which, you know, it's fine. That's fine, yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe you could justify it as, like, yeah, it's just Zuko's crew, and Zuko is not necessarily interested in, like, the subjugation of the Earth Kingdom, is much more interested in uh, capturing Aang. Um, so it would, I get, it would make sense that he's, like, not interested in wasting his time, like, destroying this village when he could be chasing Aang, but it's like, I mean, how's he going to do that? I mean, on his boat, I guess? I don't know. But yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we talked about the costumes, um, like <laughs> different changing costumes. And we, I love that we got um, Aang's swimsuit, which I mean will reappear. And then we also got Sokka in Kyoshi Geish, which will not reappear sadly. But I, I loved as we talked about last episode, seeing our characters in different costumes because in cartoons they don't often get new outfits. It's true, and in this, uh, there's like a nice little. A frame of animation where uh, Sokka, you can see the rip in his pants that Katara was mending earlier in the episode. You know, wow. Some great continuity oh, yeah. going on with the wardrobe. I forgot, somehow forgot to mention ripped pants Sokka as one of yeah. the new costumes. Uh, this was a... Uh, how much longer after the ripped pants episode of Spongebob? Maybe <laughs> years. But it was still within the realm. Ripped pants is just hilarious to a child and to me currently, I would say. Yeah, I think that it's endlessly funny yeah uh okay any other thoughts before we maybe go into spoiler territory for this episode um one time i was at work and i didn't realize that my pants were ripped uh and then i had i sat at my desk for the entire rest of the day not moving uh until enough people had left that i also left wow fully a ron swanson with a a hernia moment for you yeah this was uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> wow. I don't think I've had a ripped pants moment that I ever can recall. I have just have lived a charmed life, I guess. Never it, it was not fun. It doesn't sound fun. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. <laughs> you are heard. I, yeah, I feel I, your pain, Sam. 
I needed to just be listened to, and I'm glad that you did that for me. Um, other thoughts, other than plugging my stuff, I don't really know. Um, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I think we can go ahead and plug and then get into spoilery stuff. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you can find us at BitterDurrsPod on uh, the Twitter, and I am Rain Derricks uh, uh, on Twitter as well. At Sam Stanish, Twitter, Instagram, Venmo. Whoa, Venmo now. Cool. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Word on the Straits podcast. Uh, we just had Ray Hamilton Vargo, who is a Chicago-based mm-hmm. actor, uh, on to talk about bikes. Yes, we love Ray. We stand. Uh, okay, shall we move on into um, talking about this episode in a larger context yes. in the Avatar narrative? Happy to do so. Um, like... Obviously, we stand our bi queen warrior Kiyoshi. Like she yes. slays, and I'm so happy that this is her introduction. And I think that like she was like her her whole look is just so amazing that even before we got more and more about her, people were already obsessed with her. Like like because mm-hmm. we don't find out about her, she doesn't really get characterized until Avatar Day in Book Two. So like. Mm-hmm. We under we have she has warrior followings, but we don't know anything about her. But like she is just so cool, and like she's another avatar, and I'm like I love to learn about other avatars. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like maybe I don't know if they had her um, plan to be like the like avatar before Roku because um, like in the Air Temple, I don't think she's right next to Roku in terms of the statues, and I don't think that... I mean, in this episode, they say Kiyoshi was born here 400 years ago, and then later they go on to say, oh, Kiyoshi lived to be, like, over 200 years old, which seems a little extreme, even for, like, a fantasy world. So I think maybe they just had to, like, flub the timeline a little to make it make sense that she would be before Roku, just so they could show her more. But I think that that makes... I mean, that that age makes sense to me because she was if she was born there 400 years ago she, oh are you saying that they had to make up that she was 200 years old yeah like to, to justify okay. like oh, this to ju- okay i was like i'm like well that math makes sense perfectly because <laughs> oh, yeah i'm saying like maybe they didn't originally plan to have her be like an insanely old person um since i mean everyone it seems like like we meet boomy next episode and he's like 100 and he's already like pretty like very yeah. visibly old so i think well I that's feel like, why she painted her face yes <laughs> there we go we cracked the code yeah. um no yeah i th- but i mean i cannot blame them because kyoshi i think is like we've said probably the most iconic like past avatar of the series if you're i mean roku is like we see more of him but i feel like people just love to hear more about kyoshi yeah, same. I mean, that's why I'm ex- I'm so excited to read this book about her. I I've read like the summary. Of, I haven't read the I've read like what it's about, but not like the plot summary. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, like uh, cause like other than Roku, who's like the main person we learn more about, we know we there's a two episode series in Korra about Juan, the first one. Mm-hmm. But, like, then, like, I would have loved to learn more about Kirk and Yang Chen. They seemed dope, but we don't know anything about them. So, yeah, uh, um, I, there's, I think yeah. that you learn more about Kirk in the Kyoshi novel. But I, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, that would make sense, because he was before uh, Kyoshi, obviously. Yeah. Um, and there was this, like, little animatic sort of thing. I want to say it was made, like, after book one or something like that where they go into a little more detail of Kurik and Yang Chen. Um, I, I'll have to see if I can find that on the Blu-rays and maybe check that out. I don't think they give too much more information. No, actually, it was, I, it was after book two, because it, the whole conceit was that Aang was trying to reconnect to like his past lives as he was like coming to. That makes sense. I remember there was something on Nick.com leading up to the finale where you were able to play through longer conversations that Aang was having on the Lion Turtle with the Fast Lives. And that's like where I first learned about Yang Chen. So when she came up on the finale, I was like, that's that girl. <laughs> she is that girl. I knew she was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that for a long time, I did not realize that Kiyoshi was an Earth Kingdom person. I thought that she was a water tribe person 
or like a waterbender because her she she lived on an island and like <laughs> there was a yeah, lot of fish very, there yeah very aquatic and she does dress like even though we i guess at this point we didn't know earth kingdom was associated with green but um even then even though her outfit is green and you could maybe make that connection it's still so different from everything else we see people yeah. wearing in the earth kingdom and of course yeah and we didn't really know at that point that it was just the the poles that were water so i was sort of like she's a water bender got it and then <laughs> but she turned out to be earth which is good for her too <laughs> yeah and we see in this episode ang use the fans which is interesting because i think they've said like the creators or someone has said like yeah uh fans are like a pretty big weapon used by airbenders and i think not very often used by earthbenders or something like that it's like a very unique weapon that kiyoshi used yeah, um, that makes sense. I mean, it may, I mean, she's the Avatar, so like she she was obviously airbending too, um, and so it's. I mean, it's sort of like how Korra, even though she's from the Water Tribe, is like she loves firebending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it fits with her personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of past Avatars, it makes me sad that we really only know about like Wan, and then we like the next one. It would be like Yang Chen, Kurok. Yeah. Roku and Korra. Like to me. Um, I just wish we could get that, like, gap filled in more. Like, I even just want to know, like, who the second one was. Or just yeah. a random one in the middle who was important for some reason. We talked about that last week. And then having just watched the first book of Korra, there's that scene where Aang is there with, like, a bunch behind him. And so it's like, all those people look cool. What's up with that guy? What's <laughs> that girl doing? Like, what are they about? Yes. I, we want to know more. Yeah, sadly, because of or because of events in Korra, we maybe won't get that in the future. If since oh, we've lost connection to the past Avatar spirits, apparently. Um, At the Avatar wiki told me this week that though she has severed her connection with the avatars, the the spirits are not gone, and if she, I mean, it's possible that she could reestablish her bond with them. I see. I mean, that makes sense given that it would not make any sense that Korra is able to go into the Avatar state after that, given that the Avatar state is the Avatar bringing on the powers of all the past Avatars. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess she could be, like, hanging with Rava's energy, too, and it's sort of just, like, not very strong. Right. Um, But we don't need to get into how... Book two of Korra throws all of the continuity into like spinning craziness. I honestly can't because I don't remember what happens yet because I haven't rewatched it. Yeah, I just rewatched all of Korra so I can maybe re- like call upon this a little more easily. Um, I'm good. I will get there when I get there. Uh, right. Well, I, the, the other stuff was coming to my mind in this Suki, episode. Uh, we haven't talked about how Suki. Uh, yeah, will be, go on to become a very iconic character. Um, I did just rewatch the Boiling Rock episodes, which obviously are a Suki highlight. Yeah, I so wait. Is, okay, I was actually thinking about the, do they go to the Boiling Rock because Suki's there, or no? Uh, why the do they events, go there? The events are um, they've just uh, re- the children have just escaped from the uh, Day of Black Sun invasion, which was a failure, and all the adults were taken as prisoners. Um, And so Sokka approaches Zuko like, hey, if my dad were in prison somewhere, where would they take him? And Zuko tells him this place, the Boiling Rock. So they go there for Hakoda originally. They end up, yeah, getting tied up with Chitsang and that group, and then eventually Hakoda does show up and yada yada. We can talk about that for the actual episode but <laughs> later yeah okay thank you because i couldn't remember um well that okay yeah i love suki i and i mm-hmm. i can't believe that this is all we're gonna get of her until the bridge right like we don't yeah. see her again until mid book two yeah until yeah literally the halfway point of book two um which i think i don't know if they've ever said if like yes we are always going to bring back suki at some point or if they just decided to because she was just so instantly beloved by the fandom um but either way we won (laughs) yeah we won i do think that if they were i think that it's i think that it's more likely that they were going to bring her back than other things because i mean i watched 
the episode with Haru, and though I don't think that the fervor for him is as strong, I do remember a lot of people being, like, very obsessed with him and, like, Katara's relationship and just oh, sort yes. of, like, him as a character. But, even like, he'll come back, but, like, in no capacity character-wise, basically. <laughs> like, he gets hey, a he mustache. he has a mustache. <laughs> yeah. But, like, he he's not, like... he. I feel like it would be so easy to bring him into book two, um, and I'm very thankful that they invented Toph as opposed to having Haru be the one who... That would be not good. I don't... I, yeah, it wouldn't Haru's, be what I want from that storyline. Yeah, I think Haru's popularity is purely because he was, like, the first young, hot Earthbender we got to see... Um, and he was, like, the gang's age, so I think people just naturally liked the idea of him sort of completing that group going yeah. into book two. But like we said, Toph was the upgrade of the century. Legend. Legend yes. upon legend. Everyone who loves Avatar loves Toph. Like, you can't say anything bad about Toph, and I, I, know, we're, I know I'm talking about something that's going to happen a long time from now, but I just, you know, I gotta, I, I gotta support Toph while I can. Uh, she, you, you love her. Yeah, you gotta love her. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Talking about, we were talking about rare pairs. I was oh, thinking yes. about um, specifically <laughs> when I was like, well, there's a character, there's two characters, because I hated that they teased us with Haru and um, the, I don't remember his name, but the kid who has the wheelchair. They were both oh, also Teo. in the Western Air Temple. Yeah. And then they like, they didn't do anything with them in that, in like, in all, in all of that. Uh, because yeah. I always loved, I always loved him. I love the episode where they go to the Northern Air Temple. Um, and I like Te- you said his name's Teo. Yeah, T E O. He's I I love him, and I well, I always wanted more from that guy. Yeah, Teo is great, and yet uh, I have we can talk about this more when we get to book three. But I have very mixed feelings about book three, mostly positive, but yeah, um, like I think that just like that last half of the book is very good but it also feels like you wish there was like more there you wish that could almost be its own book and you could like expand it even further because there's like just so much more you wish you could get to but it's like at that point Zuko just now is joining the group and has to teach Aang and now we are suddenly at the finale it's like yeah they (laughs) there was not they didn't really give themselves a lot of maneuvering room yeah even I well I, yeah I mean I, we could we're just gonna say like we could talk about this when we get there or whatever a lot uh, but I I can't wait to get there obviously uh, mm-hmm. I what I don't I, what else I mean I do want to say Suki again like we love uh, she's sort of like I mean she's not like the analog for Kyoshi but like it's great to see like it's great that they like are showing an avatar's impact on the world because mm-hmm. like we don't have any sort of reference for anything like that. Like we, I mean, no, nothing else is like that. Like there's no one who's like still a follower of Roku or like, right. Any sort of thing. I guess yeah, there's we, like stages at temples and stuff who are like all about the avatar, but that's about the avatar in general, as opposed to like one person making such a huge impact on the world. Yeah. And like, as far as Roku's impact, like we only get, the negative of it which is basically just allowing sozin to continue to be alive and cause the death of all but one of the airbenders which is a tough it's a tough tough beat for all of the male avatars i would say like honestly when you think about it it's like um like avatar one even though yeah he's the first one they really hammer home the point like "Mm, maybe he shouldn't have closed the spirit gates um, and Korra has to clean up his mess. Um, Korra obviously also has to clean up Aang's mess in terms of all the Republic City stuff. Um, and Kyoshi had to clean up after Avatar Korok because apparently Korok was like a really shitty Avatar who died young and like caused a lot of political turmoil after his death. Plus, um, so, all we really know about him is that his wife died. Like right. no shade, but that's that's, that's all. That's I, it. That's all yeah, I'm and it's like. Aang does, like, uh, clean up the immediate after effects of Roku's thing, but like we said, he doesn't, he leaves the world, he leaves a lot of things for Korra to clean up at, so what I'm saying is... he dies super young, too. Like, he's, like, 50, so, I mean, Roku's only, like, 70 or so, right? Like, and then, but, like, Yang Chen looked ancient, Kiyoshi's 200 years old, Korra has never died, so it's, like... (laughs) 
Yeah, it's the male avatars, I think, so far really uh, need to step it up. Because clearly the running theme is the women have to, like, fix their shitty mistakes that they made in their lifetime. And we see that in a person-to-person example in this episode. That we do, yes. <laughs> Brought it all around. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else in this episode that has further impact? We did, We talked about Foamy Mouth Guy. Um and we will see the actual physical location of Kyoshi Island in, like we said, book two, Avatar Day. Um, and we'll see um, Cabbage Guy next episode, which is huge. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Ongoing things? No, I mean, as I said, like, this episode was basically nothing for Zuko or Iroh. Like, we got zero from the villain side, and we got, like, Katang stuff, which is not something I like to see. Uh, and so, like, there was... I mean, I, thank God the Suki and Sokka plotline was there, because otherwise this episode had nothing for me to look at. Agreed, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's fun. I think next episode will be maybe more fun to talk about, and I don't know. I will definitely have way more fun talking about next episode. That I one... guarantee this, it. Yeah, this... if. Warriors of Kyoshi was like a laugh every ten seconds. Next episode was like a laugh every second of the I was I was cracking up. I like I don't even remember what Boomy is uh I love him so much and I can't wait to talk about him more in depth next episode. Same. Uh okay. Uh is that is that does that do it for us? I think so. I don't yeah. have a lot else to say. Yeah, like we said, this wasn't um a particularly meaty episode. Um, which is fine, you know. You gotta they have, have those... twenty episodes to kill. They gotta do something. Yes. Uh, this was pre. Oh my god, yeah. This is pre freaking uh, thirteen episode seasons of Korra, and I just watched all three books of the Dragon Prince, uh, which has a lot of Avatar alumni yeah. in the crew and cast. I've seen the first two seasons of it and love it, and haven't watched season. Yeah, three book yet. three also excellent. Can confirm. Awesome. Um. But yeah, uh, those are nine episode books, which is insane. So yeah, it's understandable that there would be some padding out to be done in a 20 episode season. You're right. Um, oh, I mean, before we go, let's. Uh, how did you like the Drag Race premiere? Oh, yes. Um, despite some, I mean, I'm never going to 100% agree with the judging, which is fine. Uh, but, you know, Shea Coulee is there. And that's about all I can ask for. Jujubi is there and killed the reading challenge, as all would expect. Yeah. It wasn't a Tatiana situation. Or, no, who was the one who had a great reading challenge first season and then flubbed? Or am I mixing... I'm mixing up maybe Tatiana, who had a great snatch game and then bombed as Ariana. You know, I don't remember. Um, but I concur, like, Shea killing it from the moment she walks in. Her entrance line, I'm Black, is so good and she just like i just am so ready to watch her dominate another season of the show she is excellent and i am so happy they've decided to form a season around coronating my queen i've loved her from the moment that i found out like i that i like when the cat i was not a cast photo yeah not even the cast photo like I think season eight ended in like I was looking at who the queens were going to be for season nine. Season eight was the first one I w- ever watched. And I like just like looked at their Instagram. So I was like her. Shea Coulee is amazing. And we will. This is a Shea Coulee podcast. Absolutely. Yes. She was my first ever Drag Race subreddit flair, I believe, before I wow. changed to Shanji for All Stars. Uh, I think it still is Shangela at this point, which I'm perfectly okay with that. Same with my Golden Sandra Flair from <laughs> Game Changers. I have a Golden Sandra Flair. I do have some regrets. I wish that I just kept my Golden... Wait, no, I wouldn't have had my Golden... I wouldn't have had a Golden Cast Flair, but I wish I had a Golden Cast Flair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wish I, I... At this point, I kind of am sad I didn't snatch up a Golden Michelle Flair uh, yeah. this season. But, you know, I think if you're going to have a golden flare, what's wrong with Sandra? Like, no, yeah, you can't ask for anything better. 
it's never gonna stop being important to me so that makes sense oh i mean talking about survivor yesterday my cousin um franny stanish organized a big game of survivor at her house uh there were 11 of us uh it was so fun i got i organized a three two one vote at the final oh. six, uh which was really fun and then i got taken out of the final five so you know wow. it, 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 it works out it was so amazing um and then Joe McMahon, my co-host for Word on the Straits, uh, won the game in oh a five-two God. vote for the winner. Wow! I am obsessed, and I'm so sad I didn't get to witness that. That sounds incredible. <laughs> we took a lot of videos, so I mean, who knows what'll happen with that? But I'm gonna send them to my cousin later today. <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to think. Uh, what else about Drag Race? Uh, there's been some very hilarious. Um, Derek Barry stuff post episode, which first of all, I think we are both very sad to lose someone who brings such great television <laughs> as Derek Barry does. Um, Perfect reality TV contestant, Derek like, Barry. Just the right level of not quite self aware um, is, yeah, just a great villain s for a show. And it's so, it, is, it hurts to lose her so soon, but fortunately, she is providing some great post-show stuff vis-a-vis India Farah. Um, I highly recommend watching uh, the Exchange Rate, Monet Exchange's uh, web series, I guess is what you would call it. Um, As well as um, there's a hilarious clip of uh, Derek Berry and Michelle Visage when they do that thing, Whatcha Packin', like post-episode. Do you think that that means that she will not be coming back? No, they do, they've done those. They do uh, those regardless of whether there's a returning moment. God. Because um, I would love it. I would love it if she came back. I, me too. Like, I think that she's hilarious. I mean, I think that her, she, it, the whole thing is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if she is funny, but like, I mean, these her clips, being on the show is hilarious. I mean, these clips are pretty hilarious. Some great, Was she great. on the exchange rate? Yeah, she, it's her, Jujubi, and Mayhem Miller talking to Monet, and it's just um, incredible shade and some, like, great... It's, like, some of it you can maybe tell she's been, like, thinking these things and had these sort of prepared things she was going to say, but she's really coming up with some great off-the-cuff reads to India Farah, which is funny, uh, funny stuff to hear. So I will... Maybe I'll link that to you so you can enjoy this. Because I've been like watching these clips. Than that, I, I'm, I'll happily be watching that. Yes. that's what I want <laughs> in my life. In this, in these, because like, honestly, I didn't really get fatigued from season twelve of Drag Race, and I'm excited to go into All Stars. I think we're gonna. I think it's only the next like. I think it's like gonna be ten episodes or something. So like, I think it's gonna be good. I'm excited, uh, and it's a good. You know, it's hard to know what day it is in quarantine. And so knowing it's Friday and knowing it's Drag Race is helpful. Agreed. And yeah, it's hard to be fatigued when you just got to watch Data Essence Hall just annihilate some girls yeah. in a final. And now, and now Shea Kulai will be here to slay. So it's a great day. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I guess on that note, uh, you can find us at Bittergers Pod once again on Twitter, and you can find me at Rain Dierix on Twitter. At Sam Stanish, and at Word on the Straits, straight spelled S T R 8 S. Yep, that it is. Okay, thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.